Sifter for the ear. News, interviews, reviews, cinema, TV, streaming, action. Hi, y'all. This is Jerry Williams, a.k.a. TV Jerry. The National is a former downtown movie theater that's been converted to a concert venue, mostly because they also feature some special events like Napoleon Dynamite Live, a screening of the cult classic, plus John Heater, Efren Ramirez, and John Grease from the original cast will be at the event in person for a Q&A. That's on September 2nd at the National. By the way, Pete Davidson is due on August 30th. I'll have a link to the National on the webpage for this show at TV Jerry. The Pill. The Pill. An estimated 12 million American women use the pill, and about 80% will use it at some point in their reproductive lives. Birth control is here to stay. Birth control is so inextricably tied into our freedom as women. But only half the story is being told. That's an excerpt from the trailer for The Business of Birth Control, one of the featured documentaries at this year's Richmond International Film Festival. It's an examination of the relationship between hormonal birth control and women's health. The film's executive producer, Ricky Lake, and associate producer in Richmond, Doctor of Acupuncture and Chinese Medicine, Keith Bell, will join director Abby Epstein to talk about the documentary. Sifter, review of the week. Red, White, and Royal Blue on Amazon Prime Video. Taylor Zakhar Perez plays the son of an American president, Uma Thurman, while Casey McQuiston is cast as an English prince. Their initial awkward incident marks the beginning of their attraction to each other. In many ways, this is a traditional love story with lots of longing, much kissing, and even some sex. What makes this one special is the compelling chemistry between these two actors, who both prove handsome and utterly charming. It's interesting that this duo must confront their coming out when they live in such a woke world with a female president and a Latinx husband. The romantic tone goes from bright to dramatic as they cope with their situation, but despite the absurdity of the whole thing, it's still a sweet gay romance. I gave Red, White, and Royal Blue three out of five stars. So I'm so happy I've got Abby Epstein and Ricky Lake, who are the co-executive producers of The Business of Birth Control, and Keith Bell, local guy, who also got involved. Y'all welcome to Sifter for the Year. Thank you. Thank you. So happy to be here. So I know, Abby, you and Ricky are partners in crime, as we would say, and I read that it started in theater. How did y'all decide you wanted to make some documentaries about women's issues? We met, oh, nice boobs, Abby. I know, really? right? Nice. <laughs> Speaking of women's actually, issues. Perfect timing. That's Speaking exactly how we met. So. Footnote. Let me fill you in since this is an audio show. Abby was framing up her shot, and when her camera came up, she was still adjusting it, and her breast filled the screen. Hence the laughter. Abby and I, it's safe to say we met and fell in love during uh, a production of the Vagina Monologues off Broadway. Right. Abby was the director. I was just one of the women that came through. You know, these casts would rotate every two or three weeks. Right. I don't know. We just had this amazing connection. And Abby would say that there were hundreds of actresses that she worked with over the years. And, and really, I was the one real friendship and then partnership. It's also safe to say that, like, the work that I'm most proud of is the work that I do with her. We, you know, these little movies that take forever to make that don't really produce any monetary gain, but they have really changed, you know, culture and, and protocols and educated so many people. And we're super proud of the work we do. And we're so excited to come to Richmond with our new cut of our new film. You said to Keith before we started that you're coming back to Richmond. When did y'all come here before? And uh, Keith, did you drag him here? Well, we, I don't know. Keith said it's either like five years or 10 years. Like it's like <laughs> been a long time. 
I, we've traveled extensively with all of our movies and it, Richmond was such a, a memorable experience for me, not only falling in love with Keith, but Amber Price and visiting the hospitals and going out to the rest. I mean, we just really had a very, very fun and productive time in Richmond and I'm excited to come back. So y'all started this company. Uh, what is the concept and what inspired you to do this, Abby? I mean, really, I guess the first film was born, no pun intended, uh-huh. um, when I had made a documentary about the vagina monologues itself and the V-Day movement to end violence against women and girls. So I had just sort of done this like little pivot from theater to documentary film. And then Ricky said to me, you know, she had just had this birth experience a couple years before where she gave birth to her second son at home with a midwife. And she was like, I'd really like to do a project around this. And you know, that's how it began. And I didn't really know in the beginning what we were getting into. Like, I think Ricky kind of knew how powerful some of this information could be that women just didn't have access to about choices and options. And I didn't really know at the time I was kind of, you know, like following her lead. And then we both ended up having our birth stories in the film. And it just became this like very personal film for both of us, but also this very, very influential film for like, you know, thousands and thousands of people. Like we just never stop hearing about this. Footnote. This duo has produced several films under their B.O.B.B. Films banner, including The Business of Being Born, Breast Milk, and Weed the People. It really just comes from having women be really in touch and empowered with their hormonal experience, with their birth experience, you know, and that was like one of the reasons that we found Keith and we like loved Keith's work. Now, Keith, how did you get pulled into this? (laughs) I got pulled into this. Actually, Abby was in Richmond. She was here for local birth matters conference. She was the speaker and I was the sponsor. And so there was this little sponsorship lunching before Abby spoke. And I wasn't even going to stay for the conference because it had been a long week. Abby sits down And my husband, Josh, looks at her and says, you two are going to be good friends. You have to stay. Then I saw Abby speak and I was like, what a lot of people don't know is I actually studied documentary filmmaking at VCU. Didn't go into it, decided to go in holistic medicine. And when I saw Abby spoke, I said, well, you know what? I want to be involved in, in documentary filmmaking again. And Abby said, hey, we're working on this new film called Weed the People, which was about medical marijuana for pediatric brain cancer. And we were talking about how I could help with Weed the People. And all of a sudden, Abby ends the lunching with, oh, we're going to start this new project. It's about the birth control pill. And I started vomiting all over her, all of the stuff that I knew about the birth control pill. I'm like, Abby, did you know it can affect who you're attracted to? And it can do this and it can do that. And all of a sudden, she's like, can you say this on camera? And it was like the scariest moment of my life because (laughs) I'd rather be behind the camera. And that was the birth of our relationship. And through that, uh, I met Ricky and they filmed We the People. And then eight years of traveling around with business of birth control because that morphed and changed from its original conception to what it is today. I mean, it was eight years of traveling everywhere to conferences and meeting people. And that's how we met. 
And you've been such a champion of us and and this work and for women and your fertility, you know, the, what you do for families trying to get pregnant. I mean, you're, you're so amazing and it feels so good to have such an ally in you and, uh, and you're so much freaking fun. (laughs) (laughs) Surprise guest drop in. Speaking of fun, we got another surprise drop in here. Wanted to say hello for a minute. Hello, hello, surprise, surprise. Hi, Heather. This is Heather Waters, the executive director of the Richmond International Film Festival, called to say hello, guys. Oh, my God. Hi, Heather. Hi, Ricky. Hi, Heather. We're so excited. Thank you so much for putting us in your festival. I know it was pretty last minute. It was, but I could not be more excited. I think the content, everything that you guys are doing is just incredible. It's the exactly the kind of film that we want to share with Richmond. And the fact that you guys are all going to be here. We're so, so excited. And this cut, I, you know, it's, it's a shorter version of the original film and it's really strong and I'm so excited for it to have its premiere with you guys. Oh, wow. Well, so Heather, I believe you've been talking about there's some other events that are going to be surrounding this as well. Yeah, I think uh, Ricky and and Abby and Keith have some cool things planned for their film leading up. And then, of course, on this one, we're going to have an extended Q&A. We think that's super important. It gives a little bit more time to kind of drill down on the topics that they're approaching in this film. So we're looking forward to creating some, some dialogue for Richmond and We'll have guests also coming in from around the country, and we've got 20 countries actually represented in the lineup this year, so they're coming in from all over, yeah. Heather, I'm curious as to what touches the most of this film. What drew you in? Well, for me, this is a little political. That's a great question, though, but I try and live a very holistic kind of life and stay away from meds in general, and I could really relate to the topic of just trying to get information out there, right? And and uh, offering resources to women, because I don't think, you know, there's enough out there. And a lot of people in, in this film, I think, will be impacted from some of the family stories. That was one of the things that really touched me the most about it. We've got lots more about the festival that I talked about at the beginning. We'll talk about at the end. But how many films you got total this year? We have our biggest year yet. We have 196 films. Wow. We didn't really plan on that, but the content is absolutely amazing. And we're doing some different things this year uh, with our first annual Global Visionary Summit. We've got embassies coming in. We're kind of tackling some of the big topics that I think the world is wrestling with right now. So in addition to all of our fun bells and and whistles that we do, the parties, Richmond loves the parties. So yeah, it's going to be a great year. Well, I want to thank you for dropping in. I'm sure you'll be there with bells on. Well, not with bells on, because that'll be kind of noisy during the screening, but you'll be there to uh, (laughs) welcome them when they come to Richmond. I certainly will. And I cannot wait to have them here with us. And thank you. I look forward to seeing you. Okay, bye-bye. Thank you. You you said it took you eight years to do this. And Abby, I imagine for you, coming from theater, that was a surprise. Good Lord, this takes a long time. Ricky, from you, you kind of know about production, so you know what you're getting into. Obviously, you had a talk show for many years, and you're a name. Did it come in handy to use your name to be able to maybe access some interviews or some people that otherwise you might not have been able to get? Um, well, I'm sh- I'm sure. I mean, I think just having that talk show for so long and being a part of the mainstream for so many years, I think there's like a credibility that and a, and a relatability that I have. So, you know, because these pieces of material are pretty provocative, pretty out there. And I think having that foundation has absolutely helped in and, and, and now like our track record. I mean, we have such uh, just just, you know, the business of being born was such a 
critical hit and it's been such an amazing evergreen project that people just go to, they trust us. And so it's been definitely helpful to have that. So also as executive producer, were you coming back on some of your own experiences as a filmmaker or as a film person to give them notes? I mean, yeah, it's an ongoing process. I think, you know, Abby is is such a visionary and she has such an idea. I mean, I remember with the, with the business of birth control, I mean, we'd been working on it for years and years and years. We'd had a cut that was really strong. And Abby, I remember was just like, no, no, we need more diversity. Like she was just ah. like, like, she was like, we are not finished. And we went back in like two more years of, I don't know, probably a dozen interviews with the top people in this field. So it just added, that layer to it that I think was so necessary. So yeah, I mean, certainly we we all flush out ideas and we have an amazing team behind us, but Abby is uh, is a genius. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I'm surprised you talked about those interviews, the on-the-street interviews especially. It was just shocking to me that when you'd ask these women, what birth control pill are you taking? They had no idea. They didn't know what it was called. They said, I, I don't know. I, I myself included in that. I really? was on the pill and lots of different brands. You know, I never asked questions. I never, you know, they would switch it up because they'd have the free sample packs that right. they hand out in the doctor's office. I never once said, okay, what are the side effects? What am I taking? I, it, you know, it just, it didn't dawn on me. It right. was only really making this film that both Abby and I had like light bulb moments of just like, huh, that side effect. I never, ever, ever considered wow, that that wow. could be an and issue. I, when I started filming the business of birth control, there was less than a hundred thousand studies out there on long-term usage of the pill. Hundreds of millions of people were on it and there were no studies. So when they started this film, the information wasn't out there, but it started coming out. I thought it was brilliant that you all pivoted and changed the way that you were going to do it because originally the original concept was a little narrower, but all of this information started coming out in bits and pieces and they just said, hey, we can't stop filming now. It completely changed and revolutionized our thought. So Abby, as a director of documentaries, what was your biggest challenge coming from theater? There are definitely like skills that help you. I think just understanding, you know, pacing and story and tone and, you know, working with actors is not that dissimilar than working with real life participants, right? Because you're just always kind of making people feel safe and making people feel comfortable so they can explore with the birth control film, it was very, very challenging because there is really nothing cinematic about the story, right? Like there's no babies being born or like with Weed the People, there's no scenes of like kids getting better. And so it was very challenging to sort of find stories. And it, it's just, it's a more idea and thought driven film. And like Heather was saying, you know, you will see in this cut, like a very devastating story about a family who lost their daughter when she was taking something called the Nuva Ring. It's a very devastating personal story, but it's been amazing. And we just had like the New York Times last weekend. I saw that. So, yeah, it's like the number one thing to watch to help people understand now that the pill is going to be over the counter. And you mentioned that there weren't a whole lot of visuals other than talking heads, but you had lots of excerpts from commercials. How do you get away with that? Because I would think they would say, wait a minute, you can't use our commercial. You're, you know, you're dissing our products. How do you get away with pulling all those commercials and using them it's in the fair show? Use. Isn't that fair use? Footnote. Fair use is a term used for news and documentaries. It's the right to use a copyrighted work under certain conditions without permission of the copyright owner. It's interesting. Fair use rules have changed so much right. in terms of filmmaking. Like 
when we did the business of being born, if you saw a clip of CBS News, right, some anchor saying hospital cesarean rates are going up, we paid for that clip. Right. Not only did we pay for that clip, we had to clear the anchor. Now things have shifted so much more toward this like fair use legal standing that you don't even think about paying for like a news clip or as long as it's not gratuitous and it's like illustrating your point and the lawyers vet it and say, yes, the hardest thing with the TV commercials was finding them because they're, yeah. yeah, they're gone, <laughs> you know, because a lot of them were taken down because the FDA had like complaints about the commercials. So some of the really like the ads that we mention like about Yaz, this birth control pill called Yaz, they have these ads that had all these like false claims. I want to circle back to the question that Jerry, you asked Ricky earlier about did her celebrity get her into doors that normally wouldn't have opened? She had a lot to lose because when you take on these pharmaceutical companies or when you make claims or when you even challenge them, doors are closed. And there were many times I remember in this production that people would be like, okay, yeah, we'll do this. You're Ricky Lake. And then the door got closed because Uh it's like, we can't put this on air because you're making a challenge to a company that is financially supporting us. I was also dumped off a board of a a group that's preventing teenage pregnancy. I'd been involved with them for a really years and years and years. I was like there, you know, they had like an advisory board. I mean, I was heavily involved doing PSAs for them. And the minute they got wind that I was doing a project that was challenging the pill in any way, they didn't even, they didn't see any footage. We were just starting the process. They read a blurb and they kicked me off the board without, no questions asked. They were just can't be involved. That's incredible. Wow. It is incredible. So how did you find those two stories that that amazing story that you mentioned about Brittany and the other one? How did you find those people? Our producer, Holly Griggs Ball, she wrote this book called Sweetening the Pill. And that was really the kind of jumping off point and inspiration for this movie. And this movie actually was called Sweetening the Pill at one point in time. And she knew about this woman, Karen Langhart, whose daughter, Erica, passed away also from the Nuva Ring. And I really feel for these families because really what they want is not to take things off the market or take choices away from women. Like really all they want is just sort of a better warning label more transparency, and just to make sure women know the risks, right? But a lot of people aren't even aware that there is a risk of ever even having like, you know, so it's been very hard for the parents to try to get this message out. Very hard. So Ricky, what would you say working on this project all these years was the biggest surprise to you? Actually, the biggest surprise is what I learned from Keith Bell, is that it can change who you're attracted to, that it changes your pheromones. I mean, that He broke it down so simply and it made so much sense. And so many women who have learned that information have put the dots together and that like that very much could have affected my choices in that relationship. And yeah, I mean, that was really the most disturbing thing, but obviously the fact that, you you know, women, young, healthy women dying, I mean, it's, 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 it's the extreme to that. And then it's just, it changes who you are fundamentally. It's something to consider. And I certainly never had that opportunity to consider the risks and benefits when I was put on it at, at 20 years old. And Keith, what about you? What was your biggest surprise when you, I guess, saw the final product or even when it was in the process? My biggest surprise was how they brought out, they being Ricky and Abby, 
these voices of these amazing women. Because again, when you see the final film, they're these incredibly powerful voices of change and body literacy and empowerment. And so many of them were very young, which is great. Yeah. Yes, it gives you hope. It gives you hope for the future. I cry every time I watch it just from watching these, you, like you say, young people and women who have an incredibly strong, powerful voice. Obviously, as everybody knows, there are dozens and dozens of outrage documentaries all the time now on all the streaming services. So how can you spread the message? How can you cut through the clutter with this documentary? Mm. I think that this documentary, I don't think there's anything else like it. I think it's especially like hitting more of like Gen Z, right? Because that generation, they are not thrilled about the options that they have right now for contraception, but also like there doesn't seem to be sort of any innovation happening, but they're always like, you know, looking for like biohack. I don't think there's any other film right now that is talking about this. And I think the reason is because it is ahead of its time. You know, Ricky and I have taken like already like so many arrows. There are like very famous other you know, influencers and people who've had Ricky and I on their podcasts, and even they have gotten backlash. Wow. And they've had to say like, hello, we're having a conversation. Like this is about having a conversation. Like, right. and this it's- is what I think y'all have done so beautifully. Sorry for interrupting, but you use the word outrage and, you know, anger and frustration and resentment and rage can be channeled into a positive change. I don't see anywhere in this film or in any of the people in the film where they are using rage to be destructive. They're trying to create change and they have a vision. And I think that's what's unique about this film. They're not just wailing away and putting their rage to destroy something. They're actually focusing on creating, creating a new healthcare system, creating a model where people have informed consent. It is absolutely beautiful. Now, I've got plenty of good stuff. Is there anything specifically that any of you wanted to mention or want to address that I can put in the form of a question? I think you covered it. I'm good. Well, coming from a talk show host, I guess that's good. (laughs) (laughs) Abby and Ricky, what did y'all like about Richmond the last time you were here? And what are you looking forward to this time? (laughs) We loved the community. The community is just incredible. We met so many amazing doulas and birth workers and practitioners, and we're so excited. And also, like, you know, last the food, week- though, the food. <laughs> we went out for that brunch. Where did we go? We went to uh, lunch and supper. We went to supper for fried chicken and waffles. And we had Bloody Marys, and it was so good. I wouldn't be mad at going back there. And we are definitely like, as y'all were saying, we're definitely going to do like a private event before the screening. So we're going to share information about that. But so if people want to come and have a drink and actually have a chat with us and hear a little bit more about our work and then go to the screening with us. So Abby, listen (laughs) to you saying y'all in there too. You becoming a Southerner already. I know. Well, I I can't wait to see y'all in person. I can't wait for people to see that it is a powerful and informative documentary. And I want to thank you again for being on the show. Thank you for having us. Thank you, Jerry. Thank you, Jerry. Love you, Ricky. Love you, Abby. I love you, Keith. (laughs) I can't wait. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Enjoy that view, Ricky. 
Oh, I will. See you soon. <laughs> Bye-bye. Uh, that view referred to Ricky's location. She was sitting at home looking out at the Pacific Ocean. I've been chatting with executive producer Ricky Lake, director Abby Epstein, and associate producer and Richmond doctor of acupuncture and Chinese medicine, Keith Bell, about the business of birth control, which will be featured at this year's Richmond International Film Festival, September 26th through October 1st. There's a link to the film and the festival on the webpage at tvjerry.com. Coming soon. In theaters. Blue Beetle, the first Latinx superhero, comes from this DC comic adventure. Strays, a group of dogs gets into trouble, voiced by humans including Jamie Foxx, Will Ferrell, and Sofia Vergara. Passages, a gay couple's marriage is challenged when one of them begins an affair with a woman. Back on the Strip, a comedy about a young man who goes to Vegas to become a magician but ends up as a stripper, with a cast including Tiffany Haddish, Wesley Snipes, and Kevin Hart. Landscape with Invisible Hand, right on the heels of Jules about a visiting alien, this one stars Tiffany Haddish, yet again, in a world where cutish aliens rule the Earth. The Adults. Michael Sarah plays a brother who goes back home and deals with his sisters and his gambling problem. Birth Rebirth. A morgue technician reanimates the body of a little girl, and this new version of Frankenstein gets expectedly dark. TV and streaming. Ahsoka on Disney. A new Star Wars live-action series following the Jedi Knight, played by Rosaria Dawson. By the way, in my podcast with David Russell, he talks about writing music for the series. The Ritual Killer on Hulu. Morgan Freeman and Cole Hauser track down a serial killer performing Black Magic. Ragnarok on Netflix. The final season of this North mythology-based series about an 18-year-old boy who must save the world. The Winter King on MGM Plus, a reimagining of the King Arthur legend based on Bernard Cornwell's Warlord Chronicles. You are so not invited to my bat mitzvah on Netflix. A young woman plans her big day, but things go wrong, featuring Adam Sandler and Adina Menzel as the parents. You can subscribe to this podcast on all the usual platforms, or you can visit TV Jerry, click on the podcast tab, and there's a link. Next week, we'll visit with a former Virginia actor, Joel Haberly, who can be seen in numerous TV shows and movies, most recently, and just like that, and Survival of the Thickest. This is Jerry Williams. Thanks for listening. For more sister, including literally thousands, thousands of, of reviews, reviews, visit tvjerry.com. That's a wrap.